When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN, Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast with your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, the last episode of the month of May. I thought I'd give you a little cliffhanger there. Last episode, and then I paused. Just the last episode of the month of May. We're, we're back. We got the full Jamie projections uh, episodes starting later on this week, but we figured we would close out the month of May. Kind of the same way we started the month of May. We're doing a mock draft here on the show. 12-team, PPR, two-round, dynasty mock draft, but only rookies. Yes. We did a dynasty mock draft in the beginning of the month where we were starting the dynasty from, from scratch. It was fresh. No, no, no. These are established teams. Now, we don't know who are on these established teams, but they are established teams, and now we are drafting just the rookies. So 24 rookie selections coming at you. We are alternating, Jamie and I. I believe I have the first pick. I'm doing the do. odd teams is how we're doing this. Because you're an odd man, Chris. That's that's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. And so I was not anticipating having the first pick. Normally, the randomizer doesn't give me good things. Normally, I'm picking so, second to be or fair, third. Uh, I was, Jake was not able to join us on the show. When I did the randomizer, you did not have the first pick. Jake right. did. So, right. So this that's how this normally works. I, don't, I, I get to just react. I don't have to set the table here. And... Well, give me your thought process here a little bit as you're going through this. Like, is there a clear tier for you that you're choosing from? There is. It's three people deep. Okay. That's I, I, tell me if this is bad. I'm picking first overall. My team's probably not that good. My team probably has some deficiencies in some key areas, which is what has gotten me to this point. Maybe you're in a league where you've acquired the number one pick via trade. That notwithstanding, I'm in this spot because my team's not very good. Yeah. I need it. I need an impact player. 
I need somebody who I know is going to be an impact player in year one. Again, this is dynasty, but I need impact. And so this is going to throw Jamie for a little bit of a little bit of a curveball. And I'm handing him a player at number two. But give me Jamar Chase, wide receiver, Cincinnati, with the number one pick. I, I considered Najee Harris. That was the other one. And then the third member of the top tier was Kyle Pitts. But Jamar Chase, he's, I, I think it's clear as day he's going to be the wide receiver one there in Cincinnati with the chemistry that he has with Joe Burrow, what that offense is going to look like. And I'm a little skeptical of what Atlanta's offensive situation is going to look like. New coach, new system. I think it might take a little bit. So I'm going with the guy that we all love on this show. Give me Jamar Chase for my first pick. It's a good pick. And to me, if I had the number one pick, it's really between two players. It's Jamar Chase and it's Najee Harris. And uh, they're both – I like how Pitts, he'll be spoiler, he'll be my number three, but I do think those top two players are in kind of a tier of their own. Like the pick, I think he's going to be a – spoiler alert, I think he's going to make a big impact right away. Uh, you, I think you'll be surprised when you do our wide receiver show how high I have him. Even in year one, he's going to be the wide receiver one in Cincinnati – the team that when Joe Burrow was active last season threw more times than any other team in the NFL aside from the Dallas Cowboys, uh, he's going to be an impact player for a long time. And there is an added bonus of longevity with taking a top wide receiver in this case that we believe on average versus taking a running back. So totally get you taking Jamar Chase there with the first pick. Which leaves me Najee Harris for pick yeah, okay. number two. Yeah, which I figured where it I will go. Yeah. Uh, look, there's no one to take work from him, as I talked about on last week's show. He's going to get a ton of carries. He's going to get plenty of targets. You know, there is a concern of what this team looks like long term. We don't know what the long term quarterback situation is going to be. Uh, I do not believe it. it's going to be Mason Rudolph. I think this is going to be the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. Neither of those things are exactly majorly bold statements, but uh, I still like the, the skill set that Najee Harris brings and the fact that he has a chance. To provide you RB2 value right away and kind of find himself in RB1 territory very quickly. And it is very tough to find trustworthy star running backs in fantasy. And it's becoming harder and harder every year. Uh, I cannot pass him up with a top two pick. So I, I, I'm I'm back since, again, we're alternating. So this is pick number three. Again, this is a different team than the team that just selected Jamar Chase. So I have to pretend that I didn't take Jamar Chase and any of that logic's out the window. I'm a new fantasy manager in this situation. And I know I just talked about, for me personally, that my top three were Chase, Harris, and Kyle Pitts, which makes would make everybody the logical assumption is, oh, Chris is going to take Kyle Pitts here. There are other names that I think enter the mix here. When, we're, when we've now gotten to pick number three, I think you look at the two other running backs, Travis Etienne and Javante Williams. And then there's a wide receiver that's moving up the board a little bit for me here. Not the wide receiver maybe that you think is moving up the board here. But man, it's just a difference maker when you have a stud at the tight end position. It's just a difference maker. It is. And I think the only reason at this point you wouldn't consider Kyle Pitts as the clear third pick is if you still have an elite tight end. Right. Like if if, if this team Darren has Waller George Kittle or Darren Waller or Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, then you don't do this, right? But or, I think here I think I think you don't do it if you have Mark Andrews Waller. If you have Andrews or Kittle or Kelsey, I think you consider it to move one of those other pieces. Oh, I see what you're thinking. Here. If you're okay. starting to look longer term, especially if yep. you're in this spot, if you actually have the third pick because of record and you're trying yes. to move pieces. You can start to flip assets and build out a full uh, a more full team, yes. Wall, and I guess you could do it with Waller, but it's to me, it's Waller's young enough that I think that's a player that you just want to keep and keep with going forward. Where Kittle's got some injury history, Kelsey's age, you start to wonder if you're three or four years away from contention, like when does that drop off start to come? And considering the type of value you could get for him in a trade. So I think unless you have like a Darren Waller, 
uh, of the world. And I think then at that point, you probably maybe move on or maybe try to trade back or maybe you take pits and try to trade them. Although that, again, is a dangerous game. It's always mentally easier to move these guys on draft day than it always ends up being in any fantasy sport. We add all that up. I'm taking Kyle Pitts in this spot. I think the talent is too great. I think, again, yes, he is a, technically a tight end. He's going to give you production beyond what you anticipate getting from the average tight end in this spot. He's a difference maker. He's somebody you can actually build your team around. And to get Kyle Pitts here at three, I am I am ecstatic. I would be too. And I think you're going to get top six, if not top five, tight end production right away as well. So I think you'll, you'll get that more early production than you're used to getting from a rookie tight end. So I'm up here at pick four. I'm going to keep the running back train going. Uh, I'm going Travis Etienne here, and I consider Javante Williams as well. But uh, I think Travis Etienne is going to have a big role right away. Uh, He's not a quote-unquote third down back. He's not a quote-unquote wide receiver. He is going to be used all over the field in all situations. You don't spend a top 25 real-life draft pick on Travis Etienne to not use him. As good of a season as James Robinson has, and I know they've got some other pieces there, uh, nobody has the skill set that Travis Etienne has, nor the chemistry with the new quarterback that Travis Etienne has as well. So uh, I, I, he is the clear pick to me. I love his talent. I love his situation. I love that, in fact, he's going to be able to catch a lot of passes there given their situation of being still not a very good team that's going to have to throw a lot in the second half. Uh, but as things start to progress over the years, at least the current infrastructure there does have a penchant to run the football. I think he's in a really good situation. He's got a good skill set, chemistry with the quarterback. There's nothing not to like about him. I'm going to go Travis Etienne here with pick four. Okay, so... Now you, I'm in another tough spot here with 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 my third team, the fifth overall selection, because there's a wide receiver that's just staring me in the face. But we've talked about this wide receiver on the show. I'm uninterested. I am uninterested until a quarterback situation gets figured out. So, Jamie, I'm just going to tell you right now that this player, he's going to be all yours because I'm not going to take him with either of my picks here in the first round. Maybe if he gets to me in the second round, there's good value. So I'm I'm considering a running back and and a wide receiver, but not the wide receiver you think. And well, no, I, there is a wide receiver. I think it's going to be, but we'll, we'll see what what you're referring to here. I do not. By the think way, we should note. Okay, we should note this is a single quarterback league because obviously, if this was a two quarterback league, you would have heard I, Trevor Lawrence's I, name yes. at the very top of this. Yes, list. yes, but it, but it is not, and I have a plan for the quarterback situation if I have an opportunity has a plan. Uh, to take one here in, in in this draft. So okay, so my third team, fifth overall selection. Man, this is this is another one of those weird scenarios where if I if I was picking with my my team that's picking ninth or picking eleventh, I think I could go with the wide receiver I want because this guy's more of a help you now, but also help you later. And those teams are more in that position to win now. I'm picking fifth again. My team, unless I made a trade for this pick, didn't have that great of a season. So I got to think long term. I got to think of creating a longer window here. So I'm going to go with the wide receiver that I think gives me the longer window. Give me Jalen Waddle here at pick number five. Not the wide receiver I wanted to take. So that's hint, hint, spoiler, spoiler for later. But I will take Jalen Waddle in this spot. And I will continue the trend of not taking a running back at all with any of my picks. Yeah, well, don't worry. You'll be able to get Rashad Bateman soon, Chris. I know that. I feel like that's the receiver you keep hinting at. It's one of two. Uh, But no, I like the pick there. He would be the number two wide receiver on my list here. I had him at six overall in my little rankings we did here before the show. Uh, I I like him a lot. I, I think it's going to be... Maybe a, I shouldn't say rougher rookie season because that that indicates that like there's something Jalen Waddle did wrong. I think he might not have quite the production. 
that many expect in his rookie season because there are so many mouths to feed in Miami right now with Devontae Parker and Will Fuller coming back by week two and Mike Giusecki and Preston Williams. I mean, there are a lot of pieces there. And you have question marks of what the offense is going to look like. We, we've said so many times on this show, and I'll try to quote you correctly, that there's going to be progression from Tua. Just yes. how much is the question that we're asking? And I think the how much will determine how much Jalen Waddell is used in year one. Correct. Because there, there are a scenario here where if you told me at the end of the season, Jalen Waddell leads the Dolphins in targets, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me Jalen Waddell was third or fourth of the Dolphins in targets, I wouldn't be shocked. And I think that's kind of the scenario there. He will grow into a bigger role over time. And I love this pick here. I'm just, I'm just unsure if he's somebody that's going to have an immediate impact for you the way many, and have an impact that is equal to the talent that he possesses in year one. And again, I Um, think when you're picking in this spot inside the top five, you are looking more bigger picture. You're looking beyond this season. And that's why I think Waddle's a good pick here over some of the other wide receivers that you might consider. So I'm back up here at pick six. Is it, I'm going to keep my three theme for three? rolling. Three for yeah, three. We're going, we're going with another running back here, Javante Williams. And this is an interesting spot because I don't think you're going to get anything more than fringe flex value in year one. But to me, he is the clear cut, no doubt, starting running back for the Denver Broncos in 2022. And I think at that point, there will be an upgraded quarterback one way or the other. Either Drew Locke turns into something or there's a new quarterback in town. And maybe that's Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's Deshaun Watson. Maybe that's Russell Wilson. Maybe that's an elite talent. But regardless, even if it's a free agent, even if it's a stopgap option, it's probably going to be somebody better than what Drew Locke and Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippin and those and the quarterback play that has been there in recent seasons or last season to be exact. So, or Teddy Bridgewater for that matter. Um, there, there will be an upgrade at quarterback there. He's going to be the clear starter. Them taking him, them moving up in the draft and move up with Atlanta to jump Miami to take Javante Williams is a clear indication they are not going to hand out another contract to Melvin Gordon, paving the way for Javante Williams to be the star there. He does a little bit of everything really well. He's just a really solid player across the board. I think he's going to have a lot of success. I just think you're going to have to kind of wait a little bit in year one where – you know, he's probably not a guy you're going to use outside of bye weeks or a Melvin Gordon injury. But starting next year, I could easily see him being drafted as a top 20 overall running back. So I'm going to keep my theme going of not taking a running back. Uh, I, I hope to get one at some point, but it is not going to be uh, right now because I think the value, there's some just other talented players on the board. And this is a little bit of a reach here, I think, because I think this player in this type of format really kind of fits the 9 through 12 range for teams that are in those championship windows that finished well last year that need a player to maybe put them over the top. But I think with the with the the three pass catchers that have already come off the board, I think Rashad Bateman needs to be the pick here at 7. Again, a little early, I think that he fits more year one at least in that championship I window. I Chris. I don't but think it's I that love, early. I love Rashad Bateman, right? I, I We talked about him on, on this show. I would have him as my wide receiver three in terms of fantasy rookies going into this season now since since the draft, I'm still down on Devonta Smith in that situation in Philly. So I think as we've moved to the second half of the draft, need a pass catcher, Rashad Bateman's going to be my selection. This is a fascinating spot for me at eight because I have three players all in the same tier. And one's a quarterback, one's a running back, and one's a wide receiver. So I've kind of have this selection here. Keep the keep the train moving. Uh, I'm not actually. The running back oh. will be the lowest for me. Um, I'm going to go Devonta Smith here. And I have the same concerns you do. And that's why I think to me, he can't be a guy that you'd take in the first half of round one. But he's another situation where I love the talent still. 
I do think that he can have a small impact in year one. And I do think Philadelphia is going to get closer to figuring out what this quarterback situation is at some point in the next couple of years. And his potential upside is still massive. Uh, to me, I would have a hard time taking him earlier than this. And all the names that we mentioned, I would say him and Bateman were really close for me. All the other names that we mentioned, I think we have to take ahead of him just because of the quarterback situation and, and just the general disorganization that is the Philadelphia Eagles franchise right now. But I still want to bet on that talent long term if he falls this far, which he will not in most. No, times. I don't in think most he gets of these to eight in a rookie redraft. But if he falls into this like seven, eight back half around one, that is where I feel comfortable taking him unless I have a dire quarterback need. Like let's say I had like Drew Brees and I don't know, Carson Wentz or something on my team last year and I have to really try to figure this out. So I, I, I think you and I are going to play a game of chicken here with the running back because I think you and I both like the same running back if we're looking at the board and who's left available. So I'll play the game of chicken a little bit further. I will I will hand this person to you at 10 to see if you take him there. So we'll see if the game of chicken continues. It's time. We're getting a quarterback off the board here. Again, we've entered that team, those teams that are in the championship window, and you probably are in that championship window because you have a quarterback Either that's in that elite tier that's young, like a Mahomes, or you have a Lamar Jackson, or you have a Josh Allen, or you've gotten by with the Bradys, the Russell Wilsons, the Rodgers of the world, and they're getting older, and you need to start thinking bigger picture. Or, as we talked about a little bit earlier in the Kyle Pitts situation, now you have an additional trade chip to dangle that quarterback out there to go fill other needs that you think you have. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the pick here at nine. It's a good pick. He's He's the one of two quarterbacks that we know is going to have great year one production because he's going to be the starter. Uh, and so I think if you if you are one of these teams that wants to begin your transition to try to keep that championship window open, right? I think great dynasty managers, Jamie, are the ones who recognize I need to make some big time moves to keep this window open longer. And quarterbacks one where you hang on a little bit too long. So I'm going to try to expedite that process and take Trevor Lawrence here. It's also a scenario when you start to think long term, there's nothing wrong of being a winning team that's trying to set your team up to win longer. Exactly. Um, especially when you don't have to worry about real life implications like the Packers do when they try to do things like that at the quarterback situation. But to me is if you're in a really good state, you have a really good team, you take a look at the players on the board and you go at best – I'm going to take a player here that's going to be a flex for me during my weeks. Maybe that's your situation as a team. I'm going to go maybe – I'm going to say I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence, and I might not need him at all in year one. I might you know, spot start him here and there as needed, but this is a player that you think maybe two, three, four years down the road helps you continue to be a contender, and I think that's okay too. Um, so switching gears to pick number 10, and you did leave a running back on the board for me, and this is where I would take him. I have him right, right here at number 10, and that's Michael Carter. Yep. And here is my dilemma with Carter. I like him a lot for year one. And when we go over the running back show, I think him and ETN are almost identical in my projections for year one. My concern is going to be, is Michael Carter going to be good enough? And is his skill set strong enough to avoid another starting running back coming in in the next two years? I don't think it is. I think he's going to do very well at his job. I think he's going to be highly productive in year one and is going to be a solid piece in a running back rotation for a few years. But I don't think he's got the skill, the kind of skill set that I think will prevent the Jets from bringing in another big time rusher when that window starts to open up a little bit in a couple of years. They hope. So that's my only like hesitation and why he's down here at 10 for me is that I do fear that at some point he's like, I think what you're going to get is rookie season is probably going to be kind of what his peak is going to be because I'm just not sure he's the type of player that a team's going to go. We can, ignore, especially with a team with 
really that's got a lot of cap space for the next several years. Uh, just the way their contract situations are set up, I'm not sure he's going to be the player that they go. That's going to be our bell cow. We don't need to bring anybody else in once we start to have a window where we think we can compete. So I'm back. You tell uh, me, Chris. You're the Jets fan. No, what, I, do you think I, on, what do you think so about that? I, I don't disagree with the premise, but let me let me throw this hypothetical out to you. And fantasy in real life is different, and that's a, a big sticking point that we talk about so much here on the show because it's, it's an important distinction to make. But, Jamie, if you think Michael Carter is going to have the type of fantasy production that he – if he's going to have that kind of fantasy production in year one, it's going to be really hard for Robert Sala to take him off the field or for Joe Douglas and free agency to go out and try to acquire somebody else to add to that room. Room's pretty young as it is, right? We talk about LaMichael Pirine in that room as well, who's probably going to have some sort of role mm-hmm. to go with Michael Carter. If Carter becomes that lead back, which we anticipate him being, he is going to get the lion's share of the carries and of the workload there in New York. If he puts up the kind of numbers you're saying that he's going to put up, Jamie, I don't think when Joe Douglas goes into free agency next year with an emphasis on the defense because they put an increased emphasis on the offense this year that running back's going to be something that they spend a lot of dollars or a lot of early draft capital. Do they maybe take a flyer on a round four, round five guy that they think complements Carter? Yes. But do I think there's going to be a big investment into that? No, because I think if they would have done it, they would have done it this year. So I think I think. My counter would be Michael Carter is going to be given all the opportunity in the world to take that decision out of Joe Douglas's hand. And if he does what you say he's going to do, then there is no decision for Joe Douglas to make. I hope so. I I just think he's the type of player that I could see them putting into the role that I think Miami will eventually envision for Miles Gaskin in the sense of we can lean on him if we need to, but we really like him to be a passing down, third down guy that gets – you know, 12, 13, 14 touches a game, maybe not a 20 touch a game guy. And we can bring in somebody to do the early down work, probably cheap. Um, you don't need to spend a big money to go get you a two down back. So that, that's my only concern. Okay. And, and it, I think it's a fair concern. And I think Michael Carter is going to get a chance to, to answer those questions, right? It's going to be, he's yeah. going to be given the opportunity to show that he is more uh, than, than just that guy. So, okay, I, I'm back up here. And this team, the the the, the runner-up in, in the league this year at picking 11, unless a trade has been made. That's the assumption that I'm making the last when, picking, loser. when picking for this team. So I'm going to go with another quarterback because I'm going to use the same philosophy I used with Trevor Lawrence. But I think since I'm the championship runner-up, I can go with a little bit more upside here. I can go with a little bit more potential. I don't need Zach Wilson in this spot to get that year one production and move my quarterback. I can take a guy and maybe play it out for a couple of weeks until they're a starter. So now I'm debating between Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And boy, do I love Justin Fields. But boy, do I love the situation that Trey Lance finds himself in. So this is going to be shocking. Give me Trey Lance in this spot. Give me Trey Lance over Justin Fields. I have Lance as my QB2 one here. Okay, so we you, we you and, and just to make it clear, Jamie has not. I don't know Jamie's information. Yeah, Chris has no idea. I, I did have this no idea before the show today. So uh, Trey Lance is going to be the pick here. I like it. Look, he's he's got guaranteed rushing upside, and I think the biggest thing we talk about here is that Justin Fields has potential rushing upside, but we haven't seen it yet. Trey Lance has that rushing upside. We know what he's going to be. We know it's going to be a big part of. I this also game. trust the situation more. The coaching staff. Sure. I think that the entire skill player position group. I think Coach is going to be there next Frank. year, which is something I'm I'm not confident in saying about Justin Fields in Chicago. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, right. it's. Right. I don't know what the situation is going to look like. I think the Bears are going to be a little bit more run heavy this year. Does that mean they're going to bring in somebody that's more? Like, you don't know. There's more unknowns, more question marks. So, I like this pick a lot here. 
So now I have picked 12, so I have back-to-back picks here the last one. First of all, congratulations. You won the championship. You're picking 12. Oh, yes. Well, congratulations. It was a good good season for you. Uh, So I'm going back-to-back picks here. This is an interesting spot for me. Uh, and, gonna... oh, sorry, not to interrupt, but can I also can I also point out that part of the reason why I take Trey Lance here is because I'm coming back around so quickly, and there's a lot of good skill position yes. players still left, the, and so they you start take, to kind of the the tears start to it, it start to melt. Widen. So you take yeah. Lance here because I don't know if he gets through your next two picks, right? If if Lance is on the board, is he one of these next two picks? He would have been this pick here right here. Okay, so so, so yeah, that's why you take Lance. Here. So you then position yourself good for the the pick when the when the draft comes around. So I have two picks here, and I'm going to go – I'm going to make one of them a quarterback. I'll make the second one a quarterback here uh, just because I feel like, again, you need to keep to keep that window open. Um, you know, maybe – this is one of those ones where if you knew what your team is, do you have a weakness in a certain area? Is there is there a player coming off an injury? Is there something that you need to take more chances on? Uh, but the best player available on my board right now is – and you'll like this, Chris – is Elijah Moore. Let's, uh, oh, th- let's go. I was going to pick him here at 11, but it's okay. Uh, I like Elijah Moore a lot. He's number 11 for me in my rankings here. Uh, he's somebody that I think is going to have an immediate role, even if it's not going to be a major one right away. But I think once Jamison Crowder is finally out, once Zach Wilson gets more comfortable, Elijah Moore is a receiver that he that Wilson can grow with. And I think he's a player that's going to just get a lot of target volume in the near future. Like I don't think he's going to be a target hog in year one, but I think he can grow into that type of a player pretty soon. Jets are going to have to throw the ball a lot because they're still not a very good team. Uh, I like to see what I have there with him. And I'm going to come back around with the guy throwing him the ball, Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I he The it, Justin it, Field slide continues. He does a little bit because, again, I like Zach Wilson a lot. I think Zach Wilson's getting – as weird as it was, as a guy that had all the hype in the world during the college season, all the hype in the world during draft season. There's People not a lot of hype in fantasy season. Uh, and by the way, him and Fields are one spot apart. So it, it, it's a pick-your-poison type of scenario there. But I feel like Zach Wilson has a higher floor. I'm going to get more production out of him in year one because he's going to start right away. And I think he's going to actually be in a pretty good situation. The Jets are building you know, that left side of the offensive line is really good. They still have some work to do on the right side, but that team is starting to build things the right way. I like the coaching staff they have in place. I like the weapons that they have for him. Uh, again, he's not going to be a player that you're going to want to play a lot uh, in year one. He's going to be kind of, he's going to be a QB two at best, but if you're starting to look for players down the road, maybe you have, you know, as a championship team, maybe you won with Tom Brady. Maybe you won with Aaron Rodgers. And you're starting to look at players that you're going to need to replenish in a few years. Uh, I can't pass on Zach Wilson here. Considering the long wait I have, I'm not going to get any of the other starting quarterbacks by the time I come back around. Uh, it is true, right? The the only, I think, fantasy-worthy quarterback at this point, I mean, unless we can have a Mac Jones conversation, but Justin Fields is probably the next one uh, that's going to come off the board. And yes, this team that's picking now has got a really long wait before yep. they're going to pick Don't again. Don't do it now. You're not getting one in this rookie class. In this format. Okay, so this is our first pick now with, with, the, with the knowledge of what we did with the team in the first round. You paired Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson. I now need to pair Trey Lance with somebody because that's who this team took in – the first round and as much as I would love to pair him with uh, somebody that's also in San Francisco I'm going to wait on that because Jamie and I can have that debate a little bit later on here um, in the show there's a wide receiver on the board but I don't necessarily love the fit there for him this is a really tough spot Jamie I'm going to sound like a broken record but my championship window for this team is wide I'm going to go with a guy that whose quarterback situation a little bit of a question mark but I think is going to have an opportunity in the spot Give me Terrace Marshall Jr. in this spot here. Yeah, uh, I had him a few spots lower than this, but I get it. Uh, I'm just 
Look, the talent levels is immense. I think he got slept on a lot in this draft process, and part of it was because I believe it's a knee injury that popped up uh, that had the concerns for him. But you know, he's going to come in there as the number three pass catching option in Carolina. The question is, is what is Sam Darnold going to be? Is he going to still be the quarterback in a year? Joe Brady's probably not going to be there in a year. So there are some, I mean, Rule will be there, but like there are still some question marks about what this offense looks like exactly, what the quarterback situation looks like. But from a skill set standpoint, can't blame you. I like the pick. And it's just, I, I and not to tip my hand because I'm going to have to take some of these guys eventually. I look at the other wide receivers and boy, do I have big question marks about the, the top three that I have listed here on, on the board that I'm looking at in Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Those are my next three, or at least on the list that I'm looking at. I'll be honest with you, Jamie. The guy that I really want isn't any of those three guys for my next wide receiver if I was putting these in my own or I just have a big list in front of me and I'm just working off of it. But like my personal list, my next wide receiver that I like and I would take isn't any of those three. So it's it's interesting to me to see where these guys are ranked elsewhere and where the ADP is on these guys and then to do this because, man, I disagree with a lot of these, which ultimately means I'm going to not get a lot of the the, the, yeah. the the shares of the guys that I want because they're going to be they're going to go too high. We've dropped a tier here, um, so it, it, we're now at a point where I don't feel as comfortable with some of these guys, but now picking as Team 10 again, we took Michael Carter in the first round. I'm assuming this is a good team and has a little bit of time to grow a player, particularly a wide receiver, so I'm going to go Rondale Moore. Oh, gosh, dude, no, 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 no. I, I, was not, not, I wasn't going to draft him at all. Well, that's great for you, but I'm going to take him here. Uh, I don't like him for year one, but I think as we start to look down the road here a little bit, AJ Green is not going to be on the team in a year. We'll see what happens with Christian Kirk if he's going to still be on the team. There's a road for Rondale Moore to be the number two wide receiver very quickly in Arizona, and that team is still going to throw the ball a lot. Whether the Cliff Kingsbury is there or not, Kyle Murray ain't going anywhere anytime soon. This is a team that's going to still have to throw. And there's been plenty of fantasy production from the wide receiver too there. And as that as that crowd starts to thin out, with Larry Fitzgerald gone, and AJ Green's going to end up being gone. And we'll see what Christian Kirk's long-term status is going to be or Andy Isabella's long-term status is going to be. There is room for Ronda Moore to be successful, and I don't think it's going to be this year. So this is definitely a pick you're taking and projecting longer term. But I think you're kind of doing that for all of these guys. Like there's nobody on this list right now, a wide receiver, that I'd say, yeah, that person, I have to have them on my team for year one for production. So I'm going to go Ronda Moore with this pick as team 10 in round two. All right, so Team 9 is back up. They drafted Trevor Lawrence in the first round. So, again, I, I've kind of accelerated uh, the, or at least continued to have a window open because I could potentially move the quarterback that I had. And you know what, Jamie? You know what? I, I don't care what, I don't care if the listeners hate this pick. I don't care if you hate this pick. I'm going to go with what I, my gut here. I'm going to go with what I like in this spot. Let me pair Trevor Lawrence with a guy who I think needs to evolve. His quarterback situation's only solidified for one season. There's a bit oh, okay. of a long This is my question. next highest receiver, by the way, Chris. I know who you're talking about. Nice. This is my next highest receiver as well. Give me Diamond Brown. Yep. I, I love the talent that this kid has. I think he's going to – it's not going to be any of the year one production we talked about, about the guys maybe in the top seven or eight in the first round because that's a crowded field. There's a lot of pass catchers in that offense. But boy, long-term, do I think he can grow into that wide receiver one, wide receiver two there in Washington. They do need to figure out the long-term quarterback situation. I only think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a one-year, maybe mm -hmm. one-year start of year two kind of bridge option. But give me Dami Brown to pair with Trevor Lawrence, just a, a guy that I loved in the draft process. And to get him here to pair with Trevor Lawrence, I think is a, is a home run.
like that pick a lot. And I, I love the situation he's going to be in. Again, somebody you're projecting. I don't expect a big year one production from him because I think in addition to Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, I think Adam Humphreys is going to get plenty of uh, target volume in the slot as well. Familiar with Fitzpatrick. And prior to last year, Fitzpatrick was like a slot target fiend. Like all he did was sort of the slot guys more than anybody else in the NFL for a couple years stretch there. So I don't expect much from year one from Daimi Brown aside from some highlights, but I really, really like his long-term outlook. Uh, I'm back on here as team eight. We took Devontae Smith in the first round, and I'm going to take the last quarterback I feel truly comfortable with uh, that's still on the board here in Justin Fields. Uh, again, uh, I have him very you close jerk, to Zach You Wilson. jerk. I was taking him with the next pick. I was going to pair oh, him Oh, well, guess Bateman. what? Now you're not. Now you're not, Chris, are you? I'm not going to pair him with exactly. Mac Jones. I, it's a little bit of a spoiler alert. <laughs> so, uh, look, Justin Fields, I like a lot uh, as a real-life player uh, and as somebody that I'm really looking forward to watching up close and personal as I can see Soldier Field essentially from the, the front of my apartment building. I do want to see – my concern with him is going to be, again, the coaching staff as we talked about. If it's still this current staff, Bill Lazor switched to a very run-heavy approach. And we're going to talk about this a lot when we do our quarterback show and why I have Justin Fields so low for year one because I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. And we'll discuss what happened with passing versus running shares, who got everything else. And this is going to be in the David Montgomery conversation. This will be in the Justin Fields conversation. It'll be in the Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney conversation as well. But I, I just, again, question marks have him fall here for me. He's got the talent to be a first-round pick in Dynasty drafts. But to me, I just have a little bit of questions about if this current staff stays, how much are they going to throw? If the current staff doesn't stay, who do they bring in? Do they, you know, it feels like they might go that college coach experiment type thing. Do they bring in Northwestern's coach? Do they bring in Iowa State's coach? Do they do? I, I don't, there's just too many question marks for me to feel totally comfortable with it, right? It, it, taking him in the top 12. But here, can't let him fall any further. All right. So I think we have officially reached the part of the draft where these are more shrug emoji. Okay, I was just going to say more riskier plays. You're you're betting on the upside. There's the floor is a little lower. Uh, you're going for the bigger ceiling type plays. I think that this is the area that we're in, and I'm setting all of this up to then just have this argument with Jamie here on the show. I have not taken a running back at all throughout the course of, of picking for any of my teams here. I'm really on the really clock for, for for team seven. Uh, Rashad Bateman. No, my wow, picks really have Chase Pitts, Waddle, Bateman, Lawrence, Lance, Terrence Marshall, Diamond Brown. So let's let's open it up. Let's take a running back. You're going to give us a, a, a sermon, Chris? Give me Trey Sermon here for this team. And Jamie and I have had this conversation in the past, and I understand the concerns that Jamie has because Trey Sermon doesn't fit the prototypical model for the way San Francisco runs the football. There's also the question of San Francisco rotates running backs in uh, like it's no problem. They find guys off of other teams' practice squads who can come in and rush for a buck fifty. But I think because Trey Sermon is so outside the box to the way Kyle Shanahan runs the football, I think there's an opportunity here for them to find this guy and lean on him and really give Trey Sermon an opportunity to be their lead back. So I'm going to take the upside because very easily Jeff Wilson could come back and they could be splitting carries and I could be looking like an idiot. I have no problem raising my hand admitting that that is the risk I'm taking with this pick. But I think because of the because of how different Trey Sermon is from the normal model of the way Shanahan runs the football. I think Shanahan is looking for a guy. I think he's looking for a guy he can lean on and be reliable week in and week out. No, we're giving the ball to Trey Sermon. So I'm going to take, again, also an extremely talented running back. So I'm going to take Trey Sermon here. I'll take the risk on the upside here. I think this is fine here. Like this is pick 18 and I had him at 16. So like I'm perfectly fine taking him in this range. I think you just have to realize in a PPR format, he's probably a two down back. 
and that's always going to limit his upside. Like even the elite of the elite, yeah, the elite of the elite essential two down backs are like Chubb and and Derrick Henry, but like he's not those players. So like you're really dealing with limited upside when you have him. So it's worth taking here, especially with the fact that the running back group really thins at this point in terms of projection. I, I don't think I'm going to take another running back. It, w- it would be a little bit, um, but I'm going to be back on here as team six. I took Javante Williams in the first round, and I kind of have a pick of a, a lot of different players here, and they're all kind of – they're very much a pick your poison. Who do you like upside-wise? Oh, what do you like situation-wise? No, you're going to do it. What am I going to do? No, you're going to – I found a guy. I, I, oh, I, I totally – I, I don't know who you think I'm picking here. Tell I, me who so you're I, I have a it's list not it's not that I, big of a shock. I have so. a list in front of me, and I'm and okay. in, I'm reordering it as we go for my own personal list. And I was scrolling through, and there was a guy that I'm super high on. I know you're super high on him too. We have these conversations all the time in the back channels. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to tell you the name out loud because you're then just going to take him with another pick. It's a wide receiver. I will tell yes. you that it is a wide receiver that I'm okay. a fan of. Uh, it is not Kadarius Tony, who I think you are going to select here. It is not, um, but I would take this receiver. I think you're talking about with my next pick, but I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony here. Again, I think as the quarterback situation in New York gets figured out at some point, which is probably going to be an upgrade by next year, and start to thin out some of the other receivers in that room. Uh, I think he's going to have an impact. I think he's going to be that player that the next quarterback is going to lean on. I don't love him a lot in year one, but I do think he's a, just a, has a skill set that's going to get the ball in his hands. And I think as they upgrade the quarterback play there, I want players that are just dynamic with the ball in their hands he's an electric player you might not have an opportunity to be majorly impactful in year one with all the other pass catching weapons there but i do think he's gonna have increased opportunity with increased quarterback skill sets in the future season so i will take him here in the middle of the second round okay i've scared myself into taking this guy here i wasn't going to do it i was going to try to sneak him with one of the last two teams Listen, Seattle needs more pass catchers, man. Give me, oh, give me you know, Dwayne Eskridge I, in this spot. It's not, he didn't quite make my top 24. He would have been 25 for me. But give I me did Dwayne, like Dwayne Eskridge because you know what? I think this is we, – we were just talking about trying to find guys at this juncture of the draft where it's tough to Julio find – Julio Jones. It's, it's fine. It, they don't need – It's tough to find high floor guys. I think Eskridge has a high floor in year one. Like I think he can, there's some good year one production that can be found here. He could here. be David Moore. He could do in, that David in, Moore production. Like you said, until Julio Jones gets traded to the Seattle Seahawks, sure. then this pick looks ridiculous. But I can't make this pick with the knowledge that Julio Jones is on the team because he's not on the team yet. So I'll take, take Dwayne Eskridge here because I think there's an opportunity for some year one production. And again, thinking long term, uh, I think this is a, a, a nice spot for Dwayne Eskridge. So that was like, the, I was afraid you were gonna you were gonna snipe. No, it didn't quite cut it for me. He would have been twenty five. Uh, picking back here with team four took Travis Etienne in round one. I'm gonna go with receiver that is another high floor guy. I think doesn't have immense upside, but it's got a major year one role right away. And I have no idea when somebody's gonna come in and unseat him. That's Amon Ross St. Brown wow. in Detroit. Uh, I think he's gonna get a, a fairly significant workload in year one on. Uh, what I think is fairly objectively the worst wide receiver core in the NFL. I don't know when that's going to improve. It, it is. Name one that's worse. Okay. So it's he's going to get an opportunity right away. I don't know when they're going to invest major draft or free agent capital in wide receiver. This is a prolonged rebuild in Detroit. And they're going to have to come, they have to completely revamp the defensive side of the ball. And that is going to take the vast majority of their attention in addition to finding the quarterback of the future at some point. So I think there's a good chance that that position at wide receiver gets neglected in the draft and neglected in free agency, leaving 
really a solid opportunity for Amon Ross St. Brown to be a player that can be that flex caliber player for you, even if that's kind of his upside. Uh, and you know he's never he's not going to turn into a wide receiver one or probably even a wide receiver two, but can be somebody that is a steady weekly presence for you as we get to the back quarter of round two. Okay, so I'm back up here the, with pick three. This is the team that selected Kyle Pitts in the first round. Jamie, there's a running back I want to take, but I don't like his situation, and I feel like I have to wait too long for him to materialize into what I think he can be because there's a certain Miles Sanders that is that is taking up some of the yeah. workload. So I'm going. I'm not going to take him here. I, I just, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. I just don't know when Kenneth Gainwell is going to get an opportunity to, to showcase his skills until Miles Miles Sanders has to give away the opportunity, right? He has to give away uh, that, that starting job. So I'm going to take a wide receiver. And you, you, you were describing Amon Ross St. Brown, and when you were describing him, I was thinking of another player. I was thinking of another player who has a little bit of a higher floor because I think of the situation dictates they don't have a true wide receiver two in this situation. And until he is traded, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay mm. Packers. So give me the other Rodgers. Give me Amari Rodgers here for this team. I like it. Uh, again, low upside, but high floor. Um, and I think he's got the opportunity to be, I think, as Jake put it, the Randall Cobb again. That that role in Green Bay is that type of receiver. That's good fantasy I like production, it. man. That that's I like solid. It. You, 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 you take that. At this point in the draft, you take that here in this this rookie um, dynasty format. All right, you, you're you up. Najee Harris was your pick yes. for this team in the first round. Are you going to pair him uh, with his teammate in Pat Fryermuth to close I out? Am, the, actually. Okay. I am, actually. I am. Uh, I like this a lot because I think Fryermuth is going to make, by the way, almost zero year one impact. But if you need impact longer term, look, there's going to be a young quarterback there one way or the other in, in Pittsburgh coming up. And the young quarterbacks like to lean on the tight end position. And it wasn't that long ago before Kyle Pitts absolutely dominated the college football world. The Fryermuth was considered the clear consensus number one tight end in the 2020 draft class. So uh, 2021, excuse me, draft class. So I'm really excited to kind of add him here at the end of the second round. If I'm in need of a tight end, if I'm willing to basically, if it's a deep bench and I'm willing to wait a year, this is a player that at a very weak position could end up being a starter for me as early as year two or three. I just don't feel comfortable with some of the other running backs. I'm with you. I don't feel comfortable on Gainwell, who'll be my other top running back here. You know, Chuba Hubbard, I think, is a flyer that's worth taking, but right. I don't I feel like if there's a third round, that's where I would, would take him there. Same thing with a Ramondre Stevenson. I think I'd like mm -hmm. to take a flyer on him in New England. Um, and you know, the few other, you know, wide receivers that are kind of floating out there. But to me, I think as a potential, I think Nico Collins is another one that I'd be willing to take a flyer on at the wide receiver position. But as far as tight end goes, I, I don't know if I love Brevin Jordan. Uh Tommy Tremble. Oh, you know, be I, somebody. You, I know you, you know I'm him. a Tommy Tremble guy. But you, you takes more projection. We haven't seen him be the type Correct. of player that we hope he's going to be. Uh, same thing with like the Trey McKitties of the world and the Kylan Gransons and the uh, – who's the other tight end I'm, I'm easily missing here? Uh, did you, like a, you you mentioned Hunter Long? Hunter Long, there it is. Like I know I'm missing one, but I don't know what Mike Jusecki's future is going to be in Miami. So to me, Fryermuth is the clear tight end two of this class. I think he's going to be able to make an impact by year two or three. Uh, and I'm excited to add him to this team to pair these Pittsburgh teammates. Okay. So I'm going to do something that has not been done so far in the first 23 picks. I'm going to crowdsource. I need help here. So this team, source. This, okay. team, th this team took Jamar Chase with the first overall pick. And you just described my current issue. I do not trust Kenneth Gainwell enough to take him in this spot. Okay. I shouldn't say that. I don't trust the situation enough to take but him. Said, like, but, but at pick 24... Like he comes in at 22 for me. Like I think it, there's a point where you drop far enough. And okay. obviously you would have two picks here. Can I tell you, know, you my, it, can I tell you my other, draft. the other consideration? Okay. 
Mac Jones was a consideration here to, to, to it, get a quarterback to okay. pair with Jamar Chase. This goes to the thing. If you need a quarterback, then yes, you have to, with one of these next two picks, take Mac Jones. Because right. you're just because then at that point, because he's going to still be a starter soon, because otherwise you're dealing with what does Kellen Mond become? What does, you know, what do all these other players end up becoming? Right. And Mac Jones at least not has even a path start. to being a starter this season, so I can see what I have. And this is an opportunity to, or chance to take a flyer on him to see what to see what I have. And then the third player I was considering. Jamie Eisner, fantasy darling for 2021. I consider Josh Palmer here as well. Interesting as well. I just think it's it's too early to take it, that sort of a flyer. It, it, I like agreed, it. but I'm just telling you, that's where I'm at. Any of these guys because I don't I, like a whole lot of the the, I, the other players that I'm staring at on the board. Tylen Wallace, it doesn't really do bet, a whole lot for him. Here's my standpoint. Here's why I would say take Gainwell. I want to bet on talent here. If I'm gonna take a flyer, who is the most talented player left on the board? It's Kenneth Gainwell. At a position of need. Well, yeah, running back's always a position of need. I don't care right. how many running backs you have. Running back's right, a position of need. All right, you, you've it's like starting pitching. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how many you have. You need more. And yeah. that's the, kind of the same thing with, with running backs in fantasy. So, All right. I'll take Kenneth Gainwell here. Because, again, it's th- Gainwell uh, or Hubbard. Like, but, and to but me, it's, good, it's either you bet, on the, you bet on the talent in Gainwell or you're betting on Christian McCaffrey getting traded. Or, yes. And I also think it's important to note here, I have back-to-back picks. Yes. So I can take Gainwell here and then take and Mac. Mac Jones. And then, yeah. and then I feel comfortable uh with the direction okay do we want to do a quick recap let's do it team one (laughs) team one was me of course i wrote it down team one was me i took jamar chase and then kenneth gainwell in the back half of the the round uh jamie with your team you with team number two you took Najee harris and pat firemuth uh me with team three i took kyle pitts and amari rogers team four jamie you took travis Etienne and amon ross st brown uh team five i took jalen waddle and Dwayne eskridge Team six, you took Javante Williams and Kadarius Toney. Team seven, I took Rashad Bateman and Trey Sermon. Team eight, uh, you took Devonta Smith and Justin Fields. Team nine, I took Trevor Lawrence and Diami Brown. Team 10, you took Michael Carter and Rondell Moore. Team 11, I took Trey Lance and Terrence Marshall. And in team 12, Jamie, you took Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson. Those are the 12 teams. 24 rookies have been selected in our Dynasty mock draft to close out the month of May. I like it. And my, my two best, again, my best player avail, still on the board at this point would have been Chuba Hubbard if I had the next pick or Mac Jones if I needed a quarterback. So those would be the two best players uh, available on the board for me if we were still going. No, but, Tutu Atwell. Tutu Atwell not rising up the board for you. No. I hate that pick so much. Okay. I hate that pick so much for the Rams. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I, I still, I'm still upset about it. I'm not even a Rams fan. I don't care. I just, just still mad about that pick. It just does, it's nonsensical. So, but this was a really good exercise. I'm glad we got a chance to redo this and go multiple rounds after mm-hmm. the draft. Uh, I, I think it's really enlightening now that I've had a chance to do all these projections, had a chance to think about all these situations. And now we kind of know where they're exactly going to play. Uh, it's it's a really interesting rookie class. And I think there's some clear tiers that we were able to establish on this show where there also becomes a point where you start to get into that, you know, middle second round. where are just kind of like, pick your favorite. Like, who do you do research on? Who's your personal favorite? Whose situation do you like the best? Because you're really asking a lot of a lot of those guys to make an impact for you early on. So that's it for all the editions of the show in May. But ladies and gentlemen, the Wednesday edition of the show. Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. Quarterbacks, baby. Part Part one. one. 
of the quarterback projections. They are all done. Jamie has sent them over to me. I am looking through them. I am coming up with the discussion points, the questions that we are going to have. And it is going to be the launch, the beginning of a full month of these projections. And I will say what I said at the end of last week's episode. At TDN Fantasy on Twitter, your questions about the projections as we're doing these shows, as you're consuming the projections when they ultimately get up uh, under the fantasy tab of the draftnetwork.com, your comments, your questions for Jamie. I, I don't care if it's something that you think of and then it gets answered. I want you to ask it anyway so at the end we can go through what you guys were thinking throughout this process, answer some unanswered questions, but also discuss some of the major points that you guys th- thought, your big takeaways as we were doing this. The whole month of June is devoted to this since we start that on Wednesday with part one of the quarterback projection, so it should be a lot of fun. Jamie, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. There's going to be a ton of rankings and projections related content over the next six weeks or so on both of those social media accounts. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show, like I mentioned, on Twitter at T-D-N Fantasy and the draftnetwork.com. The Fantasy tab is where all of these projections will ultimately get posted so you can see them uh, and, and discuss with us as we do those shows. Everybody have a great start to your week. We will talk to you on Wednesday. It's projection season, baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.